With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 394 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined as always on occasion. And today, we got a pretty good streak going here with Willie. We almost broke the streak of like one last Thursday when he said he didn't want it, but he loves the show too much to stay away from us. Willie, how are you doing? Wonderful. Wonderful. I can't hear him. Bummer. I don't know what you're saying, buddy. So maybe I will be able to hear. I can hear Nomad because he is like two feet from me. Nomad, how are you? Hey, buddy. Nomad was on vacation last week. I was. Um, and you were missed by myself, Kyle Brackey, and uh, the fans back at home. So get us caught up. How was vacation? I got many messages from the adoring fans. I was at the, wow. the lovely Isle of Palms in uh, South Carolina, right near Charleston, which, unsurprisingly, there were many palm trees. Whoa. That is really interesting. Yes. Okay. How was the lady situation? Well, um, I don't know if Willie's back yet. I don't think he is. It's very unfortunate. Uh, yeah, we can't hear him, though, so I don't know what to tell you. Um, so we're going to try to talk about RTCs today, but without Willie, it's going to be really tough. Um, we can so get started. We can, we'll, get it, we can get it started. We can get it started. Maybe the magic of microphones, we'll be able to hear him uh, once again. So... The NWCA convention happens, right? Actually, let's back up like a year-ish because we were at the we were in Colorado Springs like a year ago, and we're talking with uh, you know Rich Bender and Cody Bickley, and it's like, hey, there's some momentum here. There's some uh, uh, on the part of D1 coaches kind of against uh, RTCs and and wanting some major changes involved. So that happens, and it's kind of dormant for a little bit. You hear things every month or so, this coach, that coach, and they want a little more. And then NWC, I didn't see this coming, although it makes perfect sense that it would happen at the NWCA convention because this is where things kind of at least get discussed. <laughs> we always remember uh, when the, the last day of the convention, that one time they tried to just in the ninth hour swoop in and make national duels like a part of how they um, chose the national championship. That was an interesting saga back in like, 2011, 12-ish uh, era. I found the retweet earlier this summer 
Or I like I retweeted Kale's. Uh, like I, I found his comments on it from earlier in the summer, which was very fun to look back and be like, oh yeah, this happened. Yeah, forgot about that. So um, they're not doing. So now, apparently, what what happened is at the NWCA convention, John Smith rolls up, flies in for the meeting, comes in, raises heck fire about the um, about the RTCs and dips, right? And basically, John Smith is kind of one of the leaders to get major change with RTCs in terms of regulation, limitation, or elimination. I'm not really sure. Let's try Willie one more time. Let's give it a shot. Uh, you cowboys here? Over wow. <laughs> we we got you. The main cowboys here. What's up, buddy? What's up, cowboy? Well, yeah. I mean, John Smith flies, f- takes a jet, flies to the NWCA convention, pretty much goes scorched earth and then flies out. I love it. It's a story <laughs> I heard. And you know what? John W., I love you, and I love your gumption. And you weren't going to go to the NWCA convention, but you you have a cause that you feel strongly in. And so you jump upon T. Boone's Pickens' private jet, and you go down there, and you say your mind. The only problem is I think you're out of your mind a little bit on this one. I think you're off base on this one, John W. And I, I don't understand. I understand the pushback from all these coaches – I understand where they're coming from, but it's totally misplaced and totally selfish. And it's it's selfish in the standpoint from there's two things. There's two. Let's talk about. Now I don't want to be definitive. Perhaps there's things. <laughs> you I'm just not, said not be definitive. You said he's out of his mind. You're completely it's out of your mind. Totally well, selfish. You've already been definitive. The the first words no, no. RTC debate. Be rhetorical, not definitive. Willie's first. You're out of your mind, and you're selfish. So what, it's too late. You're already, you're already definitive. Okay. If I'm missing something, if I'm missing something here, let me know. However, th- there's, there's two things that I see. There's two things that I hear. And, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, too. What is the problem? What is the problem that you hear from college coaches? The first thing when you say... What is your what is your problem with RTCs? The first word is always what, guys? It's like the Wild West, people are cheating. Because but almost because verbatim. Of, every because case. what? Recruiting. Recruiting. Yes. It's recruiting. What's the problem with RTC? Recru- well, recruiting. Eh, okay. Give me some data. Give me some facts. All right? I follow wrestling recruiting as closely as most people. Name one, name one wrestler in the United States of America that has gone to a school he wouldn't have because he was involved with their RTC. Well, I, I think, first of all, that's, a, that's an easy thing to say because it's totally improvable. Because how, how would you know? How, how would you even know, right? Well, I mean, where's the, this? Ri- who's to say a kid that, Kid X, recruit X, didn't go there or wouldn't have gone there anyways. You don't know. It's an unknowable thing. That's a that's a that's a bar that you can create that is unreachable. So I don't think that's I don't think that's worth the first question to ask, right? Okay. I, proving I, a negative. I think yeah, proving a negative is very dumb. So to me, there's there's absolutely 
where I can kind of see where the coaches are coming from is there is no, this is an area where the NCAA will not intervene, will not regulate, will not in any way get involved with the RTCs. They're saying this is a USA Wrestling thing. We're not going to get in there. And the idea that USA Wrestling would enforce NCAA rules <laughs> is also completely preposterous. So they're at kind of a, <clears throat> a standoff here mm -hmm. where USA Wrestling's like, we're not going to enforce NCAA rules. And the NCAA is like, we're not going to get involved with the USA Wrestling function. So that, to me, actually, that part makes sense. Um, is there is there stuff going on that, that you know coaches don't like? Are they getting um, scooped on recruits? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I, I just but, don't know. I, I don't know how you can – you can say it's a bar that you can't prove. Um, I mean, I, I know what you're saying in theory, but with all this, with all this fighting, with all this, oh, it's a wild west and it's cheating and it's rampant. Give me an example. Give me an example. You can't provide one example. Yeah. Well, no, maybe not. I mean, well, one. Yeah. I mean, you could provide examples of parents. Okay, that's what. That's listen. I'll I can that I there's a data point that's out there that I can't get in that I won't get into, but basically it was like listen we'll come, but we're gonna need this, and this the thing that this was was completely illegal and a total recruiting violation, and the school said we're not gonna do that. That's not how it works. And they said, okay. And they went to another school where this was given. Okay. So there's one. Uh, and it was given through the RTC is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, I mean, so there, if you want it, so that, that, that it, happens. I mean, it's, it's no see, it's, it's no secret that it's no secret that David Carr, Derek fix, and, and other other parents are part of RTC programs, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's no secret. So if you're getting into that now, the NCAA a couple years ago, the NCAA a couple years ago passed a rule. I think just last year or the year before that. Let's say you're the head coach of Buffalo Gap High School basketball, and you have three stud um, three stud power forwards. Because Buffalo Gap produces really good power forwards and basketball. Yeah. Yep. And so to get those three kids, um, Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech wanted to hire you, so you so those kids would come with. Smart move. They they, they passed a rule, and this is in football too. Uh, that if if they hire somebody to the staff, they can't get anybody from their high school or their their kids. Um for like a four-year window or something like that. Now, maybe something that's something wrestling should look into too, but through uh, you are you are right in the in the RTC loophole um, with the RTCs, how can you say that they can't hire Derek Fix? How can you say that they can't hire um, Nate Carr? I get that, but I mean, who's to say that who's the right guy to run their RTC? I mean, well, they have one position. Now, right, okay, so let's go back to this. Maybe the, maybe the RTCs need some sort of guidelines or 
or minimal oversight, maybe that's the thing. But doing away with them wholesale, I mean, zero sense. It makes zero sense. And that's why. Yeah. And and I I don't. Here's what makes me nervous, right, uh, about this whole thing is we don't know exactly. We can hypothesize the reason why USA Wrestling is going through a renaissance on the senior level, why we're doing so much better at the age level, okay? One of the main reasons and one of the main contributing factors is often suggested that it is RTCs that are, that are making this happen, okay? So the idea is, and what, what many college coaches are proposing is eliminate RTCs and go to local sports clubs. The reason they want to go to local sports clubs is because that is a process by which the NCAA has been regulating and monitoring for years and years and years. There's like They do this in football and basketball and every other sport. They regulate local sports clubs. This is something that they will get involved with, whereas if there's a violation through an RTC, they say, that has nothing to do with us. That's, y'all's, that's USA Wrestling thing. Well, if it's a local sports club and they say, hey, they're promising – RTC scholarships, but not RTC scholarship, local sports club scholarship, they can get involved. There's there's uh, a booster label that can be attributed, whatever, and then they'll they'll investigate. So that's kind of the direction they want to move. But to which I say, okay, is this going to limit – And because what I love about RTCs is that it allows young athletes exposure to better coaches. It is better when – Yanni Diakamahalas can go and wrestle with Kyle Dake and all these guys at Cornell and be coached by Mike Gray, et cetera, and, et cetera. And, that is a good thing, okay? And let's, and let's be clear, a 10th grade Yanni Diakamahalas or 11th grade Yanni yeah. Diakamahalas, right? Yeah, high school age. I mean, D- Dayton Fix was able to go to the Cowboy uh, uh, RTC. Um, Bo, Bo Nickel was I able to. I don't get about, I don't get about John... I don't get a lot of stuff that John is saying. One, do you think Dayton Fix would be where he's at without going to the Cowboy Room, Cowboy RTC? You think Dustin Plot would be where he's at? Right. So I, I agree with that. Now, here's the other thing I like. And here's maybe one of the most important things, I think, is how it has created a, a, an infrastructure for athletes post-college to make money. And I'm not just talking about Kyle <laughs> Snyder to make money. There are there is real money. There are real livings being made, being a, a good wrestler that is maybe on the ladder, maybe not. You you can make a living as a senior level wrestler much better than you could pre RTC. So there's there's a couple of things going on here. I can't help but attribute that economy to the RTCs because before the RTCs it did not exist, and now the RTCs are paying. For these guys to live so you say go to local sports club local sports club is what we had before rtc's and i don't know the 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 economics behind it but i do know that these guys were not getting paid like that then in that era now why was that are there other reasons potentially but all i know is this this makes me worry that we're taking money out of athletes pockets. look at the women involved in rtc's the hawkeye wrestling club carolina (laughs) But where was that before? Wisconsin, Did that yeah. exist? Wisconsin. Like they're, yeah. they're investing so, if, in, in these athletes. And I, I, my worry is the investment will potentially be going away. Because where was it before? If we're going back to what we had before. What we had before was no money for athletes. Yeah, so what happens primary, when... 
Yeah, what happens when Yanni? What happens when Yanni graduates? If we go to local sports club, who who's supporting Yanni? Now, is, are, getting, is there it, contention that we can have the exact same thing? Just no. the the Badger RTC is now the Badger local sports club, and then we'll still have the same thing and the Big Red Wrestling Club, whatever. I mean, if you still no. have the same thing, I don't, I don't. But what? what my question is, Willie, what prohibits that from happening? What prohibits them getting paid? Yeah, by via the local sports club. I don't, I don't know, but what I do know is that at least, at, at the very least, three, three conferences have written letters saying that they want to, they want to move away from the RTCs, and in many, in, in every case of those three, those letters were sent on behalf of the coaches that didn't talk to all the coaches because Big 12 sent a letter and said, we want to move away from the RTCs. And then other Big 12 coaches found out about it and, and they said, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't support this. We don't include us in this. We didn't sign off on this. Okay. And, and to your point on why can't that happen, I'll just read the letter that was sent from the Big Ten. This is an official proposal that the Big 12 sent. Starting off, number one, an athletics department staff member may not participate in recognized state, regional, national, or international training programs or competition organized and administered by the applicable governing body that include prospective student athletes. Okay, so that's, that's saying you can't coach on the... Uh, Cadet, the, Junior, far, the, the Fargo, Fargo State Pan Tools. Ams, Worlds, any of that. Olympic and item number two. Olympic and national team development programs may not include a coach and student athlete from the same institution. Explain that one. Okay. I'll, I'll read it again. Olympic and national team development programs may not include a coach and student athlete from the, the same institution. That, that sounds Wait, like what you, you would not be able to go. So, for example, if – your team has a kid make the junior world team Can't or junior national team. You cannot go to the camp at OTC is how I'm reading that. Or to worlds either. Okay. It gets or better. It gets better, guys. An institution may not host, sponsor, or conduct a state, regional, national, or international training program, nor an Olympic or national team development program if a prospective student-athlete or student-athlete from the institution is involved in the program. You know what that means? It means Kyle Snyder can't wrestle with Colin Moore. Now, I, I asked for clarification about this, and they said that's not true. They said okay, who's he, he will be able to re train with those guys at the local sports club. Who's? I mean, you're, but you're talking about a coach from a different conference. Okay. Can, can I right? jump in real quick about the the local sports club yeah. thing? Because I jump. I know what you're saying. But I think I think we're conflating two issues. So I think the move to the local sports club is purely for the sake of the getting uh, regulation. The as they're called in NCAA parlance, PSAs, right? The prospective student athletes and making it so that every person attached to an RTC is then attached to the institution, meaning they're they all fall under booster or coach or like whatever specific lingo basically saying you cannot talk to them in a recruiting manner. However, the, most of the coaches that I have talked to say that will not hinder, um, you know, RTCX 
from continuing to recruit senior level athletes to train at their institution. Now, I guess they would be separate in that instance that senior level athletes train at one time and the uh, cadets and juniors train at another time, but they would not be intermingling and the coaches would not be intermingling and whoever associated with the RTC that is also clearly associated with the school would not be intermingling with the student uh, I mean, recruits. Right. I mean, it, listen, it's so stupid. It all boils down to two things. It boils down to recruiting and how much work do I have to do? There's one contingent that says uh, it's recruit tampering, and there's another contingent that says, like Brian Smith, who I, I believe has publicly said, it requires more work from his administration. So it's it's those two it's those two prongs. And I mean, listen, this this one from the Big Twelve that I was just reading. I mean, that's John Smith. That's John Smith saying he doesn't want. Alex Derringer to wrestle with Dakota Gear. Uh, he doesn't want Alex Derringer to be allowed to practice with Dustin Plot. I mean, I just I don't get it. And 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 I don't I don't number one I don't get it. Especially like Oklahoma State used to have all that Gator RTC money. They they made a lit. They thrived off of it. Right. They thrived off of it. Now Oklahoma State barely has an RTC. And and and. Missouri, Missouri doesn't have an RTC really at all, right? I mean, they had a once-in-a-generation talent, Jaden Cox, and now he's in OTC. I don't, I don't get where they're going with this. I, I, I think it's, I think it's bad for their program to even suggest this. And do you know what the alternative is? I mean, I think that they're looking at this like, hey, if we get rid of these RTCs. Um, you know, then then we're all on a more level playing field. I mean, I disagree with that. I disagree very hard with that. Uh, listen, the the, well, the innovators, the uh, the the best teams are going to be the best teams. It may widen the gap. I think the RTC. That's, that's I exactly the, what I'm saying. Because I, I think there's only a few programs that could afford to. All right, we're gonna. All right, you're saying the the Hawkeye Wrestling Club can't exist in RTC. I'm Tom Brands. I can raise a million dollars in an hour. I'll build something over here. Mm -hmm. I'll make the best thing over here. And guess what? The Iowa City Wrestling Club. Yeah. Guess what? You can't do this, but at Penn State, Ohio State, maybe a couple other places. Right. And Tom Brands. So Ohio State can't practice in their new state-of-the-art thing anymore? I mean, because Tom Ryan wants this thing changed, too. He wants to go to the local sports club, which that surprised me to learn. But – they can't have it in the same building now, so how does that work? I don't understand it. The thing that that I keep going back to in my head is, first of all, I hate the concept of level playing field. And that's just personally me, whether really you agree with me or not. I don't think it exists. But I think instead of what a lot of people are saying, RTCs exacerbate the situation of um, differences in resources. Mm-hmm. I just think that for the first time, people were like, Wow. They have a lot more money than us. It didn't. It didn't exacerbate anything. It just made people realize it for the first time. And I also think that w- what the RTCs do is with with the two hundred fifty mile thing, and maybe maybe that won't be too impacted if it becomes a local sports club thing. But mm-hmm. it allows a school with limited resources, right, to say I can't attract senior level athletes, right? I don't have enough money to pay Christian Piles after he graduates. But what I can do is I can take Willie Saylor, who lives 80 miles away, 
And I can say, hey, bud, every Sunday and Wednesday, I'll sacrifice my time with my family. Come train here. We'll coach you up, you know, in the summer. Come to RTC practice. And then when that kid becomes 17 years old, he goes, man, you know, Willie's like, man, Dan's been with me since I was 14. Now, they still might lose that kid, but they, they it's also worth their effort to go do it. So for me, the RTCs allow the schools, because the bar for an RTC is very low. You just need four kids who have placed at your Freestyle Greco State tournament. Like, that's mm-hmm. the lowest bar. You can, you can create an RTC and go, hey, all these young kids, while we're growing, come here, train, and some of them are going to leave. A lot of them are going to leave, in fact. But it's a great avenue to grow your program that you're going to lose. Well, again— That's where I stand um, on it. Well, again— um, the recruiting thing is a fallacy and it, I mean, listen, if you, if you change the rule, it, if you do away with RTCs and make them a local club thing, or if you change the radius from 250 to 50, do you think, do you think it really makes you have a better shot? Do you think it's really going to create parity? Do you think it's really good? You have a better shot now at this recruit as opposed to if he was allowed to go to, Pitt RTC or, or or Penn State RTC or, or you know, I was RTC. No, you, they, the kids are going to go where they go. And the, um, another weird thing one. is like the idea of, okay, well, there's there's uh, opportunities being promised post-collegiately, like that they could, they're, they're going to get paid by the RTC afterwards, which to me, does that really need said? Listen, <laughs> Penn State created an infra- created the nit- has the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. Okay, they everyone knows that David Taylor and Nico and Zane or not Nico anymore Zane etc. All these guys are there and they're and they're getting paid. Does it? And that's great. Does it really need said? Do they really need to say, Hey, Aaron? You know, yeah. afterwards we got you. It's uh, the infrastructure is right there. Everyone right. knows this is right. happening. Yeah. Okay. This is why is that a bad thing? Why is it okay? You I know. know what? After you graduate, there's a thing here that's good where you'll get to train with other good people and you'll be compensated yeah. for it. Why is that people, bad? It, people running around chirping, wow, they're making promises. Uh, they have a wrestling club. If Aaron Brooks goes and wrestles at Penn State and he's doing pretty darn well, no it, crap he's going to have a position at the Nittany Lion Wrestling Club. No crap. <laughs> You're crying foul about that? And you oh, really think making, and they're you really making think, promises. That's not fair. And Kale totally has to do a little wink-wink there, because otherwise the Brooks family would never have any idea that this is it's, a possibility. Of course it's—I I mean, obvious. It, it is It is the—here's what this is. It is the bass-ackwards way of wrestling Whoa. that— Whoa. Okay. This is a child's program. Ohio State um, has the Ohio RTC. That is, for all intents and purposes, the professional wrestling team of the state of Ohio— that is not how it is in other sports. In in the NFL, the Cleveland Browns are not tied to Ohio State. You 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 go, you play football at Ohio State for four years, then you well, get drafted to the Cleveland so, Browns. So my a, point is, a, when you have point. a professional league, or a, not even a league, a professional uh, entity that is grown out of the school, to your point, of course they're going to stay at the school. There is nowhere else for them to go. You have to be tied to a school right. as it currently stands. There's no professional league in wrestling. There's yeah. no greater right. the alternative. No thing for them to uh, aspire to than to stay with the school that made them a national champion. That's right. And and the 
That's a great point, Nomad. There's no free agency there. There's no there, there's no opportunities. And the way it's written, at least in the Big 12 uh, proposal, your only alternative would be for all senior-level candidates to go to the OTC or maybe, like, work at 84 Lumber in the daytime and go train somewhere at night, uh, you know? Maybe maybe be an accountant somewhere and then go train somewhere at night. Um, that doesn't seem that doesn't seem. And, and here's another thing too, like you said about, like you said about uh, kids. Yeah, you're gonna lose. You know, you have a hundred kids come to your RTC, and you know you're gonna lose some of them. I think of all the I think of the opportunities that a lot of kids miss out on too. And you I know, get. I did, I get like a coach made the point to me that the the level of impact of an RTC for for a, a young kid, right, a high schooler, is less than their club coach, right? Their their so for example, uh, Seabolt, right, Pinnacle, mm-hmm. Young Guns, right. These these they go to these kids every day. They'll go to Pitt RTC or Iowa State RTC or whatever you know Minnesota RTC once or twice a week. So I get that, but it is still an opportunity for them to get around those those college coaches. And the whole recruiting thing is like, again, getting back to my, like what smaller schools can do or lesser programs can do is like, I want that to be a vehicle for recruiting. I want them to have that opportunity to get their hands on kids to instill their values in them so that they maybe will consider going to that smaller school instead of a bigger school. Well, the real tragedy, uh, hey, look, that's a great point too. Look at who's railing against this. Kerry Colot. Kerry Colot's in, Campbell, right? Very small school, and he wants it, right? I mean, th- there's a lot of people saying, well, you know, Penn State, um, how is Lockhaven supposed to keep up with Penn State? And how is this school supposed to keep up with this? I, I mean, That's work hard. Well, we're not, tr- no, hold on. It's not that simple. Oh, yeah, work hard. Lockhaven. No, okay. Well, listen. I didn't th- say Lockhaven was going to be Penn that's, State, that's but not the, the problem, Yankees. That's, but hold on. That's not the problem to solve. It's not. I don't think they're even trying to solve it. They're not trying to make it so Lockhaven can compete with Penn State or, or Campbell can compete no, with Ohio State. No, but they're trying to make. Uh, I mean, apparently. No, I've heard a lot. Apparently, of Oklahoma State stuff. That's that, insane. Apparently, Oklahoma that's, State yes. is trying to. Apparently, you know, Missouri is trying to say level playing field. Missouri's trying to say, well, this makes me work harder. Well, we have one one guy's doing work, and one guy's saying, "Hey, we got to stop this, so we don't have to do so much work." And ultimately, ultimately, for the proliferation of the sport and the professional professionalization of the sport, the real tragedy in this is that there are people that have spent a lifetime in wrestling and promote wrestling and love wrestling and their whole life is wrestling. They are advocating for less money injected into the sport. They're advocating for less funding for the senior level athletes. They're advocating for less opportunities for the kids. And it's all because some people have money and some people don't. And some people do work and some people don't. Well, I I don't, I would say that the contention that the other side of the the argument would have is that it won't, it should not mean less money. It doesn't necessarily have to mean less money if they go from RTCs to local sports club. There's nothing that says there's 
a, a limitation on how big and how profitable something like that can be? Well, it depends what the format is and it depends what the proposal is. The one, the one from the big 12 is audacious. Yeah. I mean, the one, here, the one, here's, I mean, you basically can't have a senior level athlete and, and you can't work. Also, one thing that needs to be understood is like the power of USA wrestling is that we have a lot of really good coaches and basically all our best coaches are college coaches, right? And we need them around. We need their wisdom and guidance. We need them helping our, our athletes out. And if we're saying no college coaches can help with anything, no age level, no Fargo, no state, you're just limiting the, the exposure of quality coaching to our future wrestlers and that can't be yeah, argued as anything but a bad thing well and yes that's, will that have right. an impact on recruiting absolutely but so the whole thing is money everything always comes back to money because yes. uh somebody said somebody made the point yesterday the rtcs are doing the job of usa wrestling in the sense of like the money is coming from the rtcs not from usa wrestling well okay yeah. maybe but then so if, what? if if one institution if one institution an rtc has the opportunity to raise money, and U.S. Wrestling has an opportunity to raise money, and the person decides to attach themselves to an RTC because they have loyalty to Penn State, they have loyalty to Virginia Tech, they have loyalty to Ohio State. Well, then U.S. Wrestling's like, all right, fine. Well, if you're not going to give us the money, you're going to give them the money. Then let's take this avenue. So, so then yeah. everyone needs to redirect their funds to U.S. Wrestling, or everyone needs to like. No one, they're, they're not going to do that. They're not going to redirect their no, funds because, to USA Wrestling because they want to be attached right. to the school because there's no That's professional right. league. That's right, because there's boosters and there's alumni, right? Yeah. Um, That's where the money is right and, now. And, like, it's it's so short-sighted to try to do with away with RTCs because, I mean, Christian said it before. What's going to happen is you have, a, you have maybe five guys in the country which include – Tom Brands, Kale Sanderson, Rob Cole, Tom Ryan, maybe a couple others that can make a phone call and say, listen, they're doing away with RTCs. We need a building half a mile away off campus. Uh, we need $2 million. And they'll build those buildings and nobody will have RTCs except for those five schools. And then and then every other program is in real hot water because they have nothing. And USA Wrestling will support this because they're like, well, we still need an area to house our athletes. Mm -hmm. So, or USA Wrestling may even lead the the way in that sense and be like, hey, we got to find somewhere to do this. But I just, I, I, I very much understand that there is all sorts of room for improprieties. However, yeah, you know what? Now that I think this, about how it, how much is this? Is is the coaches just got a little too ran a little too wild with it? Did they start promising yeah. RTC scholarship? Did we hire one too many dads? Did we do a couple extra things and, that just were like, okay, this is ridiculous. You're just you're just rubbing it in our faces now. We got to do something. And and I think and this is I, I guess this is my problem with like college sports or whatever. But like. Why do why are athletes so scrutinized? In meaning, if I'm a phenomenal athlete, okay, and someone yeah. chooses to pay for my college, however that comes across, whether it is the school, whether it is, you know, Joe Sugar Daddy, whatever, why are Joe athletes not allowed 
to have their school paid for by someone else. The, the, the number one well, the, the number one form of debt in this country is student loan debt. So if someone – and I understand that that creates a competitive imbalance, but I have such a hard time with – like I did all this work, and now I can get money to go to school, but I can't have access to it. I, 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 I can't wrap my head around that. Like I don't have a problem like- if, if, if what coaches are doing is saying I'll pay off your student loans. I just – I morally have no issues with that. You get into the amateur sports kind of deal, which is yeah. why I, I said, which is why yeah. I said it's my problem with like college sports in general. So like that's a whole other thing that I don't know how to get into. But I mean, that, that, that's kind of what I come thing, back to on this. The best thing, it, it, it's funny because now that I think about it, I mean, the the you hear recruiting, you hear money, you hear level playing field, and and doing away with RTCs, <laughs> doing away with RTCs would hurt that. I mean, make your bed. You want to roll those dice? You want to you want to do away with the RTCs? Uh, the epicenters of wrestling will be relegated to five spots in the country. Go ahead. Which go ahead. They always were. And also in a sport like wrestling, a level a level playing field can sort of not exist because it's a zero sum game. Meaning well, there's 80 schools, and every time one school goes up in the in the team standings in NCAA's, another school goes down. And every time an All-American is gained at this school, this school loses one. No, I mean, uh, here's a perfect example. Look at Nebraska. Nebraska put two guys on the world team for five years or more. I don't know how long it's been now. Um, and so they probably get... They probably got a recruit here and there because of the success that Jordan Burroughs and James Green has had, right? Now, you do away with that, or, or you say that senior-level athletes can't be in, in the room or can't be involved on the same campus building. I mean, maybe Jordan Burroughs is in Philly or New Jersey or something, probably getting paid not as much through the club, and the level of Nebraska's college wrestling team probably is not as good because of it, right? So now now you're, you're, you have one school that's pretty darn good. Nebraska's about top 10-ish around annually. Maybe now they're not, not as good. And, and there, there's an example of how a nut, like when, you know, you don't think of Nebraska in the terms of Iowa and, and Penn State and stuff, but there's an, a, there's an example of where Good hard work and developing guys, by the way, guys that weren't like ultra blue chippers coming out of high school, they produce them and their program reaps the rewards of it. But if you don't have, if you co- totally erase that system, then then Jordan Burroughs maybe is at Nittany Lion Wrestling Club or I think or the big Arizona question State is we don't know, we don't know the, the actual, and I think why we should right. probably just move on at some point because this is pretty circular. Like, mm-hmm. We we don't know the limitations that an LSC will have relative to an RTC. I get your the Big 12 proposal. That, to me, I, I almost throw that out. First of all, they sent it without even talking to Oklahoma, clearly, because there's, no there's no way Lou Roselli and Eric Guerrero would say – Lou Roselli in the Ohio – I mean, give me a break. There's no way he would agree no, with I that. Mean, no, uh, they wrote. They wrote and responded and said, hey, we saw this proposal by – the big 12 by the big 12 i don't know where that came from we don't support that got it so 
what we need to find out is the actual impact and, and the coach we need to talk to. How can does this move to the LSC do these two things? How does it make it so younger athletes are still exposed to elite partners and good coaching one and how does it help senior level athletes continue to get paid and continue to have good training partners through the college system and three can we still have our college coaches help out with age level teams okay those those are my questions can the money still happen can we still have the wrestling impact and if it can still happen with that and we get some ncaa regulation that may be a great thing willie can that be that that should be probably acknowledged, right? Yeah, I mean, under now, am I dubious under, of that? Under, Somewhat under the right under the right circumstances, yes. Under the right, you're absolutely right. But that's a level-headed approach, right? Uh, what is being put forth and the foot stomping is not a level-headed approach, right? When 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 Brian Smith comes out and says this is more work for me, we, they should do away with them. That's not a level-headed approach. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and truly, it should be the same amount of work, right? Whether it's an RTC or a LS local sports club, I, I think it still should be. It's going to be a lot of work. So it's not going to limit limit your your workload, or at least it shouldn't. It, it has certainly evolved. Like the, the the roles of a college coach have certainly evolved, but I that I mean that's just that's everything. Yeah. Right. Like you just you have different you have different roles now and certainly a lot more money. And part of this is because we have never had money in the sport. Yeah. And now we do. And everybody's like, well, what to do with it all? Yeah. So, well, uh, yeah. I to, mean, listen, it is, it is it is undoubtedly more work um, to run an yeah. RTC. But yeah, but I don't understand how it's I mean, listen. School X, Missouri could hire me for $60,000 a year or the $80,000 a year, and you go out, and, and my job is just a... dollars raise. My, my job... My job is... Uh, 60, 60? job is that, 80. Yeah, I, I don't know if I could do it for 60. Uh, my job is to... Oh, my God, how am I going to afford... How am I going to afford somebody to run the RTC? How am I going to do that? Well, you hire you hire Willie for 70. Let's split the difference. Well, hire Willie for $70,000... But he goes out, he runs the RTC, he does all the logistics for that, he fundraises, and he works with the Booster Club, and he brings in, for 12 months a year, he works on fundraising, and he brings in, a, a, let's say, a quarter million dollars, I, which I think is super low. But, okay, so that pays my salary, and it probably pays one or two guys to train. Hmm. But what, what, what's, the, what, what's so brain-bustery about that? My brain's not busted. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Christian. I think we should move on. But right, it, I mean, everything always keeps circling back to, where's the money? Where's it going? How's this impacting recruiting? And can we still have? I care far more about the success of USA wrestling than NCAA wrestling because I NCAA wrestling yeah. will continue to go up. There's just too many people that care about NCAA wrestling for me to think that it, it needs help. It needs help. Yeah, exactly. It needs help. So. If, it, yes, again, if we can change everything, keep it the same, or you know, continue our success, great. I just, I'm very, as you said, dubious that it'll get there. But we have made a lot of circular points. So yes, talking about talking about the health of NCA wrestling, which is probably at an all-time high. Yeah, they already there's almost like twenty thousand there's almost like twenty thousand <laughs> tickets sold already for NCAA's. 
That's amazing. 20. There's there's almost there's almost as there's almost this many tickets sold. About the capacity of every NCAA that's ever happened. That's that's already sold. And they didn't even open up single session tickets yet. And that doesn't include I don't believe that includes tickets that go to the institutions, the tickets that go to the schools. Yeah. It's it's a, it's going to be an interesting thing because the only way I think Spay was talking about, you cannot grow the event beyond what it was unless you start going into larger, much larger venues. So, like, the football <laughs> thing is – if this works and you can, like, actually see, it could be, like, the thing moving forward. This could be a, an actual real moneymaker. It could be – could be an awesome thing. Well, Space Point, because it's like, uh, okay, so last year ticket prices were much higher than they've ever been, which may have had a lot to do with, like, third-party ticket sites. But anyway, well, we needed a bigger venue. Well, it the bigger venues go from, like, 20 to, like, 50. There's no 30,000 indoor state stadiums, I don't think in the world, let alone America. Yeah, It's, like, 15 to 20, and then you get into football. Yeah, or some weird baseball situation. Baseball dome. Yeah, we thing. take it to We're the weird. Toronto Dome. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, I I think I, I'm excited for for it. I think it's good that they're giving it a shot, and you know it could be a, a great thing for the sport moving forward. I mean, you know, the NCAA March Madness, their basketball tournament is in football uh, stadiums now because they have so many people coming. I think it's a good thing. So oh, yeah, wasn't it in uh, Jerry's World? Maybe. I mean, it's in a football. It's been Michigan uh, or Detroit. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So exciting stuff there looking forward to uh, minneapolis big fan of minneapolis went there for our uh big tens last year loved it love dinky town that's where uh that's where we stayed which is a thing and uh yeah looking forward to ncas there big tens there were awesome i have a question for you question from nomad okay so <laughs> the so there's like a lot of logistical questions right there's a diamond formation which i can somebody just send us a screenshot of what the NWCA showed for the diamond format? There's, we there's kept, a big – We kept he, drawing them on – You don't know what he's talking about. He's talking about the, where the mats are going to be on the football field. Right, because a football field is much larger than a basketball or hockey arena, which is where they've been in perpetuity. Can we so, check that? So uh, my, my question is, if it's just too logistically difficult to make it a truly uh, enjoyable viewing experience – how much will that turn people off from either attending or just the sport in general? I really hope that people like understand that this is somewhat of an ex- experiment, right? Like, do you like do you think there's that much potential for people being like, yeah, this sucks. I don't I don't like this at all. No, I don't think there's any. I mean, it could be a bad three day experience for some people, but it doesn't matter. The next year, they're gonna sell out NCAs from now till kingdom come if they have it in the scott trades and the yeah quick and loans etc cetera, etc cetera. so it, it'll be fine i think it's a low risk experiment right the p- people aren't going to have a bad time in minneapolis first of all how bad could it be it's the freaking ncaa tournament it's the best wrestling tournament that there is in the world right it's the best one so no one's gonna be like never doing this again maybe they'll say oh, i didn't really like that i couldn't see we don't know that you won't be able to see so yeah, i think i just I, I saw that and i was like i I don't know. I, I don't know if people are going to be that turned off if they have to spend the majority of time watching it on the Jumbotron or whatever. Right. Okie doke. Um, so there's that. There's other health things. We're talking about health of the sport. Health of the knee. Oh, Zane Rutherford. Boy. Not at wrestling at Pan Am's. Um, should we be concerned? 
Certainly, we don't know the extent of the injury. It was. <laughs> there's one thing we can establish is we don't know how hurt he is, um, and that we probably won't know until who knows. Uh, so I, you know, even the the Cornell's camp, Yanni's camp, they heard Zane was fine and that he'd be wrestling at Pan Ams. It wouldn't be any any problem, mm-hmm. right? So for him to not wrestle at Pan Ams, I I know it would be it would not be surprising for someone like me to be on the outside looking in of, of injury information. But those circles tip typically would tend to know. They were wrong, right? He's not wrestling at Pan Ams. So is the injury more serious, right? Is he going to be ready for Worlds? What if there is another wrestle-off? Will he be ready for that? Because they would have to do it. You would have to assume now, I just speculating, if there's a – and there's such a small chance that I think that Yanni gets a, a wrestle-off, even though I think he's entitled uh, an additional match or two. If they do that, you have to assume they're going to back it up to the last possible day before they leave for acclimation camp, which would be like two weeks or so before Worlds, which is insane, but it could be where we find ourselves, right? Um, But on the other side of the coin, all right, Zane got hurt uh, when? In like... It was uh, like the 12th or 13th. 12th or 13th, right? And Pan Am's are when? Uh, this weekend, so okay. uh, he's ready. He'd be wrestling on the ninth. So let's say hypothetically, Zane was going to wrestle at Pan Am's uh, otherwise, but he gets hurt, and he is off the mat for twelve to fourteen days, like they were saying. And so he's been back on the mat for at this point like a week. Yeah, a week. And then be rest- Why wrestle at Pan Am's again? What is that? Yeah. It doesn't help anything. It's just a thing to do. It's another match. But if you're not hundred percent, or you're recovering from an injury somewhat, then what's the what's really the point, right? What's the big deal about not wrestling? I don't really see what the big deal is of him not wrestling at Pan Ams. It's not the thing that gets you like next year where you can qualify the weight for the Olympics. It's just a it's just a tournament to go where maybe you'll get to wrestle a Cuban or something. But other than that, I don't really see the benefit. So I'm not actually overreacting or re- mm-hmm. even reacting to Zane not wrestling other because. Pragmatically, even if the injury was exactly as he told Bader it would be, it would potentially make sense for him to not wrestle. So I say no big deal. I'm 100% in the camp that if it is injury-related, which I do think it is to at least some extent, it is purely precautionary to say, hey, we got to be ready for this wrestle-off if there is one. I, I th- and, and Well, I, I, don't even think it's that. There. I don't even think it's that. I don't even think it's that. I think it's just like, what's the point? Why would I wrestle at Pan Ams when it, right? And I especially just give when more recovery time. Mm-hmm. Especially when one, it's, it's. I mean, I want every, I want all of our ones to go to Pan Ams every year. But realistically, there's, there's no carrot there. There's not. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything. And two, you just went overseas and wrestled. Yeah, he just went. And you and you and you got dinged up, but maybe not go. <laughs> right. I mean, I don't. It is. So, so I, I get the, I get the point that, you know, you, you don't get information from Penn State, and you don't know how bad he is, and so now he's out of Pan Ams, and everybody goes, ooh, well, maybe not. Yeah, it's far more important to like uh, USA Wrestling and the USOC than like the individual athletes themselves. So, I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I know that. Used wrestling wants to do very well, and look, they got Jay Nyerman, and it's good for Jay Nyerman because now he gets an overseas competition prior to going to U23s. So that's, I mean, 
that's a good thing well, for him. And that's a good thing for our U23 team. Okay, right. I love J- that Jaden's going. He's a great rep. He'll be a great rep. But the, the, the next domino that you have to tackle is, okay, Zane's not going. Why not Yanni? That's the question that immediately popped up. I thought that was tied to him being in Poland. Yeah. I mean, Yashar, I'm going to say Yasser. I'm not going to be, I won't be changed by you, Spay. You're not going to make me call it Yasher Doe. I'm sorry. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to all of you that are so worldly and sophisticated that you call it Yasser Doe, as, as, as the Turkish people would. But I will call it Yasser Dogu, because those are the letters in that order, and that's how I'm going to say it. One. Two, if he does Yasser Dogu, and he does Poland. I think that's like Yasser, Poland, Pan Ams. That's like that's a lot of wrestling. That's a lot of traveling too. Oh, it's not, and, it's uh, not like you're going to like Binghamton and then Bucknell and then next week you're going to Lehigh. This is you know Turkey and back and Poland and back. Now Peru and back. So. <laughs> yeah, and and I talked to Yanni last night, and if. It, wow! You know, there's, what a name drop. Name drop. Wow. We'll pick that there's up. the. Uh, Hold on, Kale's calling me. Sea dog. Sup, dude? No, yeah. What's dude, he doing? Talk to you later. Kale called me. Sorry. Ah, uh, no. Good. Glad to see you blew Kale off. It's BS. <laughs> but Yanni, uh, you know, there's a, the wrestle off looming. But if that doesn't happen, um. He's wrestling. He's wrestling in October, somewhere. I mean, he didn't tell me where, but I looked it up, and there's a lot of Russian tournaments in October. Oh, I bet so. you're in the Continental Cup. Nice. Okay. Uh, next topic. Now, I want to know, okay. Piles. Get it. I want to know. I miss this raging. There's another topic to rage on, and you said you were going to rage on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, it doesn't really require rage because it's very simple. And I, every, every couple months or once a year, you have to oh. remind people that we're a nation of laws and we have rules <laughs> and there is a process to make the team in the United States of America. There may not be one in Russia. There's not really a process there. Sometimes it's if your dad, father-in-law has a diamond mind. That really helps That's sometimes. Happened. That sometimes helps the process. And also all... Oh, Quick deviation there. Back to Diamond Mine. We're talking about when Lebedev got put on the team in the semis and finals against uh, Bogomov and Musakayev. Musakayev. And it brings me back to one thing. Okay, I do not like the nation changing. I do not like it as it pertains to the that United States. Of, well as it pertains to Americans wrestling for America, I think that's what they should do. But when you straight up, when you do <laughs> Musakayev like that, when you just say, this, nah, dog. you might be better, but this dude's father-in-law runs a diamond mine. What are we to do but completely hose you? You say, <laughs> okay, I see what it is here. Maybe I need to leave this corrupt country and wrestle where I'm not going to get rigged out of a spot. You know what, Musakayev? I give you, I give you um, a pass. So you get, you get a pass from me, and no one rages harder against us than I do. But tag on it, they hosed you, buddy. There's nothing you could do about it. You could have teched him. It wouldn't have mattered. They would have found a way to get you off the team. So for that, would I'm you, sorry. If, if you he were still hasn't, he still has not caught his breath since that decision happened. He's still tired. I don't think Yanni yeah. gassed him. 
Russia gassed him in 2016, <laughs> and he still has not got his breath. So you have a one-time diamond mine screw job uh, transfer exception. It's yes, and okay. I've been clear on that for for a day now. That's quick update. That's Yanni fair. told me. Yanni told me. Uh, I said, "Was Musakayev really hurt, uh, or did he just wimp out?" And he said, "Apparently, he tweaked his knee, but I think he was okay to wrestle because the Hungarian coaches were kind of pissed." That he <laughs> but uh, Christian, if you were Musakayev and you got hosed, mm-hmm. and you're the most patriotic man, I am on on earth. You got hosed in those Olympic trials. Would you immediately like turn in your passport and citizenship and just like I'm out? Well, I mean, if if you're living basically in that part of the world, if you're living is basically I'm good at sports and you can't make the sports team because the the government is against you and the organization is against you and they literally make it so you can't win, then yes. But um, but fortunately <laughs> for me and fortunately for us here in America, we do things on the up and up, right? We try to do things right to the point that if something's not right, as in the Yanni Zane situation, if it's not right, we'll have someone take a look at it. Can you make sure this this was right? And if it wasn't right, then we'll do it the right way. And if it was right, then okay, then Zane's on the team. That's great. Speaking of take, speaking of taking a look, when you said we'll take a look at it, I'll take a look. It at reminds it. me of a reminds me of a funny story, completely unrelated to wrestling. Well, sort of. One time, me and Christian. One time, me and Christian were. I flew in. We were going to NHSCAs, and I and I flew in. We had it arranged so that I would fly in to an airport. Charlottesville. And he would pick me up on the way to NCA or on the way to NHSCAs. But he, his whole family was going, so they picked picked me up in a van, and I'm in the front seat, and Katie and the kids are in the back, and something just starts smoking, like stinking. Like stupid burning, like burning rubber. Right. And, uh, we're like, what are we, what are we going to do? And, uh, Katie's like, Hey, you, you got Christian, you got to do something. And Christian pulls over and we're like, all right, we'll, we'll take a look at it. We're going to take a look at it. So me and Christian go back to the back of the car where it's smoking. And we look at each other and we both get down on the ground and we look underneath and, Christian's like, do you know what you're looking at? And I'm like, absolutely not. I don't even know what I'm doing right now. And we and we get up and we get back in the car and we go, it's fine. There's no, it's it's all good. And we start driving, and it was completely fine. It's completely fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But me and Christian were like, we have no idea what we're looking at here. It was funny because Willie Willie kind of very assertively got out of the van and got down there. And I was like, you know what, Willie. He had a lot of time. He worked on a farm. He's done some stuff. I was like, maybe Willie's somewhat mechanical. I didn't know whether he was or wasn't. So he gets down there. He's looking. I'm like, do you? So I'm like, so you know what you're looking for? He's like, absolutely not. <laughs> he was like, so I have no idea. No idea. So we both get down there. We look around. Take off. Van's fine for the rest of the trip. Made no sense. But um, you're right. We did take a look at it. Did and you even like Jimmy the Axle a little? Like any, like anything no, at all? Nothing. Just got no, down there. Nope. Just looked at it. Just looked at it. That was all it took. So all you all you people that are paying for mechanics, just take a look at it. <laughs> worked, worked in that instance. Okay. Are you gonna rage? I'm gonna rage. But I wanted to absolve Musakayev first. Okay, Musakayev, you have been hereby absolved. You can wrestle for Hungary. Uh, it's fine. But I don't like 
the idea that, oh, Yanni should so clearly be the rep. Yanni should be on the team. Like, listen, if it, if it were up to me, if, if I had to say who we do we have evidence is probably the better guy, Yanni or Zane right now? Yeah, I, I acknowledge that there is evidence that Yanni might be the guy. But we have a great process, okay? And you have to go through the Open, potentially, unless you're a world world medalist, right? And then you have to win in two out of three in Final X. And that process has gotten us the best team year in and year out. To use Yanni's and Zane's absolute exception of a situation where there's a match under protest, where that's an exception, where there's they go to the same tournament after the event and wrestle each other and the other guy wins, that's an absolute exception. Where the other guy's somewhat hurt, that's an exception. So to use that scenario which never basically never happens give me a, an example where this has happened and to say oh our process is wrong or we're going to send the wrong guy potentially listen well first of all the process isn't necessarily done because we have a good one mm -hmm. second of all the way to get on the team is to win the two out of three against the united states rep uh the in the two right that's the way you do it and that gets us the best team and to to say downey is somehow a part of an example of where the process didn't work Anyone, Zahid, Daringer, Nickel. Dake, Nickel, you could have went 86 if you wanted to go 86. You decided you didn't want to. And if the fact that David Taylor may or may not have been back impacted your decision, then that's, that's, that's just the consequence of the decision you made to not go. Now, there's another exception. Should there have been a little more transparency on the David Taylor injury to, to Bo Nickel and company? Maybe so. Maybe so, but that's on him to disclose. His, there, there, David Taylor is not, there's not some right to injury information. Yep. You don't have a right to injury information, okay? Would it be ideal? Sure, but we don't live in an ideal world. So Downey being on the team is an example of the process working. And if you wanted to be on 86, you could have been 86 kilogram. Just make the weight, enter the tournament, it's fine. You didn't do it, so you don't get to be on the team. That's the way it works. You don't get to try your hand at 79. Things don't go the way you want it to go. I would like, all right, let me go 86. Okay, I wanted to make the team at 92, but wait, I lost to this guy. Well, give me a shot at 86. Or I'll go up to 97. Or I'll, no. This is the process. The process is good. Okay? Yeah, Yanni, not being, Yanni not being on the team is not an example of the process. Not Yanni could have beaten Zane. Yanni could have beaten the guy that he's beaten twice now and, and been on the team, this wouldn't be a, a debate. And everyone knows where I stand on this. I do believe that Yanni deserves another match or two, however they determine it. I do believe he deserves an opportunity. And I do think maybe he is the better guy, but you know what? You got to do it on the day that they decide is the day. Yeah. And that I was June that, 8th. June 8th was the I day to Yanni, be the guy. Just like September whatever is the day where you have to be a world champion. Yep. That's the day. They chose that day. They're not moving that day. Yep. Okay? So be the man on that day. And Yanni will one day be the man. This The spot will be his. Okay? I firmly believe that. Whether it's 2019, 2020, and beyond, Yanni will have his day where he goes on a run and he wins world and Olympic titles. I truly believe that. I think he's a transcendent talent. It may not be this year. Okay? But that's going to happen because he's better. And you know how he's going to do it? He's going to either... Go through the open and beat our guy two out of three, okay? Or he's going to be on the team and he's going to medal and then he's going to sit out and he's going to beat the challenger two out of three. That's how he's going to make the team. And that's a great way to make the team. Not this up in the air, whatever, however the Russian coaches decide it or whoever's dad is 
father-in-law's rich, whatever. Or this guy has not won at world, so he doesn't get to be on the team. I don't like that. And another th- way Russia plays themselves is they don't have a good product at their at their nationals because there's no finality. There's no necessary meaning to it, right? There's no seasonality in Russia. Russia has the best wrestlers in the world. They're the deepest nation in the world, right? Now we're coming for that. You know, we're, we're coming, right? USA's on the way. We're not there yet in terms of depth, right? Um, RTC's help. RTC's help. But that's another RTC's thing. Help. We already talked that. You have to rewind for that one. Slide that in. Um, but you know, they they don't have that seasonality. They're not they're not thinking about okay, if we have the open and then we have trials and final X, we give ourselves a little cool thing. It's like, yeah. Okay, Euro guys, they don't have to go, and these guys don't have to go, and this guy, yeah, he won nationals, but he's not proven or he hasn't proven himself, so he doesn't get to go. Uh, their, their process isn't is, isn't great or to be emulated in my in my opinion. I like our process. Is there a perfect process? Probably not. There's not a perfect. I mean, a, a perfect process is everyone in every um, everyone in America goes to every international tournament, and then, but that's not reality. That's not how it works. The, this is like getting back to the proven a negative thing. I can't definitively prove that if we start doing finagling and allowing guys these extra wrestle-offs or, well, he beat him in an international tournament, that it, it, it will be better. But I feel so strongly that if we go to some cockamamie haywire thing, you all will lose your minds ten times yeah. more than you do right now. Yeah. Significantly I mean, more. Yeah. You want to talk about? You can't. We. You can't be a yeah, but country. Like, all right, this happened, but we're gonna but pick Yanni. our team, right? I mean, I. I might. I think Yanni might be. Maybe Yanni's a better rep, but the pro. He didn't complete the process. Right. Right. And. And this has been happening. This was happening when Jo and Metcalf. When Metcalf would beat Jo, and they would say, "Yeah, well, okay." Well, well, look at. I mean, I I don't know how long people have been listening to this show, but when the when the Frank Molinero thing happened, ninety five percent of the American population wrestling fans said, oh, my God, this can't be. This can't be. That's not – this isn't the right process. And me and Paul sat up here and said, the guy did the dang thing. Then he went and qualified to wait. And you know what happened? Molinero was the closest to metal at 65, 66 kilograms in 20 years. It's the best result. What's the best result we've had at 65 since Bill Zadek? We haven't had a medal there since Zadek, and him placing fifth was better than – yeah. N- name it. I don't. I don't even I, know. It hasn't happened. So hasn't happened. Yeah, that that was a uh, go, Franco. Here in the spot, he did the thing. He was the hot hand. And 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 winning the spot in America anymore. There there was maybe a time where you could. And I don't even know if I I believe this, but like you beat one guy and you just have the style matchup that matches up well against that guy. But you are not savvy internationally. You have to beat a lot of different yeah. kinds of guys to right. beat our rep. You have to beat Yanni had to beat Jordan Oliver and Frank Molinaro and Zane Rutherford, and so did Zane I mean, Rutherford. Look at the bracket. He, Zane Rutherford had to beat Jordan Oliver and Frank Molinaro. And so, Jay Narman and, and yeah. Jay Narman. Look at so the you bracket. Have to beat all these crazy different dudes. You get this is a good sample size in America now of the people you have to beat. It's not like that in every weight, but at 65, it certainly is. Yeah, I mean, look at the bracket that Molinaro had to go through. He didn't. 
It, it wasn't a style matchup against one guy. That was one of the greatest freaking brackets ever. Um, it should have been a Pico, good Pico, J.O., Stever. I just, why? James Green. Why do you, Rutherford. for anyone who wants, you know, is upset about Zane or Yanni being on the team, or excuse me, Zane or Downey being on the team, why do you want to go away from the process? Not like, because what you're saying is not just this year, but like, why do you want to go away from the process? Yeah. If you can answer me that, yeah. then by all means, pitch it to USA Wrestling. Okie doke. Um, so that's the process. Every now and again, y'all need smacked up on this, and um, I'm happy to do it as kind as I possibly can. But I get I get irritated when people try to take guys off the team because of revisionist, whatever, or complete and total myopia. We have a good process. Are we going to question some friends? We can. Well, I just because I know we're getting late here, and we got a lot of questions from friends. Anyway, I wasn't here last week. Mm. I would like to, over the next uh, several weeks, to talk about recruiting because I didn't get a chance to talk about the, the article that I did, which now has, had to be revised because it's now August 5th because of NWCA. Mm. And then um, these articles that I'm doing about in-state talent versus out-of-state uh, talent, right, as far as which, which schools get the most out of their in-state talent and which schools have to go out and get uh, kids from other states. Um, and I kind of just I, I, I wanted to introduce that and let people know that there's going to be articles coming about that. I put the first one out about Penn State um, and that hopefully we get to talk about it on FRL as it pertains to recruiting, as coaches can now visit and, and 2021 kids can now take official visits to schools because it all ties in together and it's all very interesting. But it's 909 here, so we don't necessarily need to get into it right now. I just wanted to introduce that to people. All right. Uh, yeah, good content coming from the Nomad, recruiting related and otherwise. Uh, so I'm certain that the uh, I want to get some of these coaches on here uh, on the show. Let's let's start grilling about this RTC stuff. I think that's probably the best thing to do because that's the only way we're gonna really get up to speed quickly here. I don't know if you're on board there. Is Willie frozen? No, there he is. Willie has an uncanny ability to to hold his face so incredibly still that I think the computer is frozen. Like he doesn't move with his breathing. His eyelids don't even so much as quiver. It's interesting, but Willie's still with us. Uh, let's go to <laughs> s- some questions from friends. Um, RTC related from Matt Kaminer. True or false? Top RTCs are recruiting draw for Big Ten programs, just as academics are recruiting draw for I- Ivy League schools. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it, that is true. I mean, I, I don't, and I don't understand what the problem with it is. I mean, it's not fair. You know what's not fair? Harvard's too good of a school. That's a. I can't compete with that down here at School X. It's, it's not right. Mm-mm. Willie, it's not Mm-mm. right. You know, I'm trying to level the playing yeah. field. They need to get rid of all those dang books in Harvard. They need to fire all those teachers that are so smart. Um, oh. Eliminate all their, their ties to with, via alums. There's too many alumni ties. I don't want to complete derail, Prince? but that is, a, that is a point I wanted to make where it's like there's so many other things in play that have nothing to do with, mm-hmm. the, with the, the current situation, right? Like – Iowa's history, right? They're, they're illustrious history. Oklahoma State's illustrious history. That has somewhat to do with the coaches there, but that was there years and years and years ago, right? Yeah. The quality of the get school, away. the affordability get of, of – uh, it, it's easier to say, hey, here's $100,000, come be an assistant coach in Stillwater than it is to say, here's $100,000, $100, be an assistant coach in Fairfax, Virginia. Right, quality of like quality of living, right, what you can do with that money. Mm-hmm. There's all of these other things that are so out of control – that it it all kind of evens out in in the end anyway. Until we have a balance in cost of living, I don't think we're really like, taking this seriously. Like, I, there's just all of these other I mean, things that, that Arizona State. I think they should 
you know, they should not have pretty girls. They should take all the yeah, pretty girls. I've it's been a saying that. Great weather. Cal Poly, your they, weather's too nice. Or they need to ship them around. They need to evenly distribute the, the nice weather. The, yeah, it's not it's not right. Um, Texas refrigerators are to wrestling nomad as blank are to Willie at Flow. So what does what does Willie um, completely not rationally distrust? What's something that you distrust that you maybe should trust? Something that I don't trust that I should. I don't know. Tap water, probably. Ta- there um, it is. There it is. Tap water is to Willie as Texas refrigerators. There's nothing wrong with tap water. There's nothing wrong with Texas refrigerators, but mm. nothing wrong with it. Well, there, there is definitely a difference. I mean, literally, literally some tap water is bad for you. Literally, sometimes tap water is bad for you. Literally. Literally. Okay. Flint, Flint, Michigan exists. That's indisputable. What literally, when the thermostat in a refrigerator says 34 degrees, it is literally 34 degrees. So I think I figured out. Uh-oh. Never mind. He cracked oh, the code. No, no, no. Man. no man cracked the code. You can't. You can't. Let's no. go. You got it. You figured something okay, out. Okay. First of all, <laughs> let's go back to the original thing. You guys took this completely out of context as a joke. Second of all, it is the milk in Texas that is. That here's what it is. Here's <laughs> what it is. The milk. The milk. In the milk in, not the milk. In, not the milk in Texas. The milk at the H E B that they have is so bad. It's so bad. It goes. Qu- it goes bad so quickly. The H E B. Step up your milk game. Get better milk. Oh, shots fired at the milks. Listen, that was not what happened. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. I'm like, like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like tired. I'm like tired of like having to pretend that that was like a real thing. Nomad, you put something in the freezer. It was like a watermelon. Was, or I think something. it was pineapple. It was a pineapple. Well, yeah, I like. You put I it like, in the freezer. Yeah, like. And when somebody cold. asked you. And when somebody oh asked my you God, why was... you needed to put it in the freezer instead of the fridge, you said, I yes, don't trust you. Yes, and you guys ran with it. Tech. And you guys ran with it. Okay. All right. It's just a long-running joke. Good He's been God. trolling us the whole time. Is This this isn't as good a troll as Andrew Spay putting Shaggy 2 do- Dope and Violent J at the top of his uh, top 10 rappers. Because that was that if you was guys, awesome. If you guys oh, did see, not uh, see Andrew Spay... Post on Twitter his top ten rappers of all time, and just troll everybody. You have to go look at his Twitter right it now. It is unbelievable. People really think he thinks the best two rappers of all time are the insane. Shaggy, cl- too dope, and, and Violent J. Yeah, Violent J. The, the insane clown posse. Maybe one of the worst groups to ever be formed. It's a cl- and people are like actually taking it seriously. It's just he is just if it. It's really funny. Just look it up. Stop listening to me. Um, Casey Kreider, NFL football player, pro bowler, yes. said, I would like <laughs> to hear Willie's opinion on preseason football. I feel he may have some hot takes. Are your takes hot at all? Um, preseason, I mean, I think it's, I think it's stupid. I think preseason games are sort of pointless. That's hot. Casey, that's a pretty hot Is that take. hot? Well, well Roger Goodell stupid. feels the same way. Roger Goodell feels the same way, but... The scary thing about Roger Goodell saying that yeah, is... Yeah, he wants to move to like 20-game season. Yeah. Not increase the he's like, guys. I don't know if I don't know if preseason football is up to the quality of standard. Maybe we should maybe we should have less preseason games while he's elbowing somebody and go, we're going to go to 18 regular season games. Right? I mean, he has an agenda. 
But for sure. Well, Listen, at some point, they four, do have to practice their plays and stuff and find out if these guys are any that's good. That's fine. Maybe maybe, two. maybe two weeks. Week four of preseason games is unwatchable. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's to get your depth right and to get to get your plays down and all these things. And then also with the, like, 18, then raise the salary cap and raise the, the roster cap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that, that's why the player's like, no, we're not going to do this. Anyway. Uh, given that 2020 is JB's final competition year, parentheses, we'll see. Maybe. Do you think he would take an assistant job in Nebraska or rather pursue another school, RTC Youth Club? Um, this is from Doc Schneider. Doc, Jordan Burroughs is not going to be a re- uh, college wrestling coach. He does not want to do that. He's going to start his own club thing, probably back in New Jersey or out east, and that'll be the thing that he does. At least that's what he said to me. Not to name drop myself via Jordan Burroughs, but that's what he says he wants to do. He doesn't want to deal with the the NCAA nonsense. I right. So him. he would. Um, so like Logan <laughs> Steber just started one like Steber Elite. So he would prefer to do that. I don't college. think he's going to call it Steber Elite though. <laughs> yeah, he prefer to do that than college coach. And I also think that frees him up a lot of time to do something else that I think is very important to him, which is like um, being a liaison, an advocate, uh, an ambassador, all of these things, right? To kind of help the the profile of wrestling and to help the rights or whatever of the at the, the athletes both in terms of like USA and internationally and all these things. Steely Phil, he's a good question asker. He doesn't always, but when he does, they're good and they make you think. <laughs> Out of these pairs, do you think uh, which do you think will be on the world team together first? Spencer Mackay, Yanni and Zahid, Gable and Suriano. That's an interesting trifecta. I think um, I'm going to say Spencer and Mackay because, because, well, I think Mackay post JB makes sense, right? And I think Spencer, Spencer's going to make teams at some point. Now, I don't know how that's going to work with Dayton, if they, how they will, those two will coexist, or if Dayton will just maintain the spot and Spencer will never get in or whatever, or they'll go back and forth. But I think at some point those guys, I think Makai is kind of like maybe the, one of the next two or three guys in line at 74, as is uh, Spencer at 57. Now, now Soriano has to actually enter a freestyle tournament to make a team, as does Spencer, as does Spencer. But I feel like there's a chance that um, he does that sometime soon. I think you have the most sure rep with Gable at some point, but I, I just don't know about Nick in that fold. And then Yanni will make a team, but will Zahid? Maybe that's the most likely one. To me, this is a slam dunk. Yanni Zahid. Like, I would uh, – give me minus odds for that. Really? I And, and I part of that's because – well, part of that's because they're the most active right now, right? So it's like there's there's some data behind it True. in terms of yeah. – Spencer hasn't wrestled a freestyle tournament since 2016. Suriano hasn't since cadets. Um, but then – Zahid is also about but, very close. Um, the but when? Post, po- yeah. The post-JB thing, I mean, I don't know who that's – So, know so you're be. saying Z- – I, I, understand, I understand Christian's point where it's like he certainly – you know, when you look at the trajectory, right, the winning junior worlds and like kind of the weight that he's at, he certainly seems to be most likely. Um, but Zahid's out in the streets doing it. Yeah, but again, but you're saying you're saying he, Zahid's going to beat David Taylor or Derringer next year. 
Or Jaden. Well, not or necessarily. 2021. Well, uh, okay. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm getting at. 2021. 2021, Zahid will either have to beat, let's say, David Taylor at 86 or Alex Derringer at 79. Well, I don't know. Or Kyle I mean, Is David Taylor going to continue? I mean, David yes. Taylor will. Okay. Well, then that would. He's almost 30. He's my age. He's not stopping at 2020. I feel pretty certain. All right. Of that. Well, I, I, I still think Yanni and Zahid is way ahead of. I exactly. actually Daniel Soriano is last. I don't. I, I don't think Soriano is going to try to make him royalty. I hope I'm wrong. That's I've not, said this before. Not, I hope I'm wrong. That's not it for me. I, I think. I think that's the. I would pick that number one. Gable Soriano. Uh, how close was Gable this year? I mean, Gable. 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 If not for a gas tank, Gable was right there with. Not as with, close as Yanni, right? I, I hear that, but Soriano. Well, well Yanni's. It's because yeah, it's a pair yeah, you question. Can't, mm-hmm. Okay, so Yanni's the kind of the shoe-in of all these guys. Yes. Right? Yanni's the shoe-in. But Zahid, you're, you're not convincing me he's going to beat Derringer or, or, or Taylor in the next two years. Okay? That's, that's right. his roadblocks. Gable was right there in two matches with Gwiz. And Suriano at 57 with Dayton and Spencer and Gilman – He's right there with those guys. I don't. Mm. Yeah, I don't have my my questions. And, no, and, nothing and to do guess with what? Talent. It's just that he's going to do it. I think he's going to do other things after he's done folk style. No, he's not. He's going to re- he's going to be the Olympian for Italy next year. Well, then that would very much take him out of the ability to make a United States World Team. He better not. Did he? Did he say United States? No. World Team together. Also, I'm okay. reading that as World USA World Team together. While we're discussing, um, what do we want to call it when Americans wrestle for other teams? Defections, whatever Ex- you want to call expatriation. It. Yeah, expatriation. Oh, uh, this was a very interesting point. All right, listen up, all you guys. They want to run at me for saying blah blah blah. I don't think these guys should be doing it. I don't think. The Michiches and the Amins, you're Americans, wrestle for America. I believe that. Aaron Pico, you're an American, wrestle for America. Nick Suriano, you're an American, wrestle for America. And the USA Wrestling, RTCs, has this rule. <clears throat> Allow me to lower my glasses here. All members participating in the RTC must meet the above criteria and must be current athlete members of USA Wrestling. I'll continue. Asterisk. <laughs> International athletes slash coaches who currently represent a country other than the U.S. may attend on a limited basis based on the approval of NGB and RTC. So you can attend on a limited basis if there's approval. Limited. Okay? Would living there, does living there and training there every day have a limitation? I would say no. Allow me to continue. These individuals must be of similar competitive caliber. These individuals may attend on an intermittent basis in order to enhance national team development. So intermittent, as in I don't live there. I don't live in Ann Arbor. I don't live in New Jersey. I don't live in New York City, Frank Chimizo, Beck Zadab, Durek Manoff. You don't pay taxes for state college, local municipality, um, Franklin Gomez, right? Intermittent. It means you go somewhere else a lot of the time, and you occasionally come and train here. Okay, in the basis to, in order to enhance national team development, are you helping enhance the national team development when you beat Jordan Burroughs, Frank, Chief Mizo, or Gomez? Any Franks? 
Are you? Are you? The, the. So why is USA Wrestling not enforcing their own rules? No wonder there's this controversy. They won't even enforce this rule. They're literally letting non-Americans train and get better to beat Americans. So maybe we shouldn't be surprised that they're not enforcing uh, pandemonium at the RTC level. This, it's all coming full circle, Willie. This uh, this was a great unearthing by CP. Obviously, we know CP and I are in polar opposites there. But if that's in the rules... Yeah. I... It's the rule. There's breaking the rules. This is not intermittent. That's... Sorry. That was a good unearthing. <sighs> that going it. Um... FRL account at nomads underscore fridge would coastal elite Willie rather try Casey's pizza or do hand fighting drills with uh, Kyle Snyder. I mean, it's pizza. I guess I'd have to try it. I ain't for hand fighting Kyle Snyder. Yeah. I, I just, I listen. I don't think it, it doesn't look appetizing. I'm not elite. I'm not elitist. Would hand fighting Kyle Snyder make you so hungry? Like I need, I need some sustenance. Yeah. I need to replenish. You would eat Casey's pizza. Looks tiring. One day I'll. One day maybe. I, listen, the problem with trying Casey's Pizza is that there's other options. I mean, it's like the last <laughs> thing I would eat. If you guys really want me to try it, I'll try it. But it was like it's like one of the last things I would prefer to eat. It sounds <laughs> like with eating food. There's other food in the world. Yeah, that's, that's right. the problem. Wait a minute. So right. hold on. So why the can't I be an Israelite and just have manna? That would have been so much better. There's no other options. I just have to eat the bread in the morning. Hey, the problem with eating hey, Burger King you is talk that about filet mignon exists. You talk about mana. <laughs> There's a theory. There's a theory that aliens had something to do with that. With mana from heaven? Well, that's bullcrap. Um, okay. Go watch the documentary on Netflix called Unacknowledged. Wow. It'll change your, change your perspective on aliens. Not uh, Austin Holland, not to bring up old stuff, but wouldn't having multiple wrestlers from each country per weight class result in more airtime for NBC for wrestling. Um, easier, more compelling storylines for general public. Isn't that track? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, here's, here's uh, Austin Holland. That makes sense in your mind and in my mind, but we're talking about NBC, okay? Yeah. The amount, how little they care about wrestling cannot actually be measured. We cannot get that microscopic because they literally had it served up. Helen Maroulis, First American Olympic champion for women's freestyle wrestling. Beat a three-time Olympic champion from Japan. The greatest. The GOAT. The GOAT. It happened. And they had it. They had the video. I can confirm. NBC had the video of it. They were actually there. Mm -hmm. They commentated it. Mm -hmm. And they said, you know what? No. Ryan Lochte urinated at a gas station. Let's get that on there. Let's cut to Lochte prime time. Okay, so that's how little they care. So the fact that we would to the extent that to the extent that they said, okay, this is what went down. This is what went down in Rio. NBC said, "Ooh, big storyline: Helen Maroulis against uh, the the greatest wrestler, maybe of all time, maybe in any style, maybe of any gender." This is going to be good. Okay, I'm going to get John Smith. John, come here. I'm going to get another announcer. I, I forget who it was. Come here. All right, let's go. We're going to go live. It's going to be great. Wait, I'm getting word. Getting, 
Lochte just took a piss. Cut. Just go away. We're going to go to the gas station. Go to the gas. Get, get us to the Valero. That happened. They had everything organized. Yeah. So, so the idea, Austin, and I get it. I see why that would make sense because if logic exists, then Helen's on TV. But logic and these people, it's just so different, right? Um, that they make bad decisions. So the idea that Yanni and Zayn would be in the bracket and that that would make it more compelling, I mean, more airtime, no. They don't want to do it. They don't want to put uh, wrestling in primetime. They had their chance in 2016. They don't care. NBC does not care about wrestling. There is so much evidence of this, right? Separately from the NBC thing, if you replaced it for us or United World Wrestling... Theoretically, yes. That like that's that's part of my mm-hmm. argument that yeah the um it'll it'll definitely draw American fans in easier if Stefan Micic and uh, Nick Suriano and you know Dayton Fix are all in one bracket together, that would draw more interest than just one of them for American fans. But yeah, to, to the NBC thing. Yeah. And like we and I get it. You know, like people make ratings decisions. They make they make decisions for money reasons. But the Olympics, I you know I thought we were trying to show the the sports, the competition, the sports part. of the Olympics. That's what's frustrating about that. Yeah, I get the rating stuff. Like I understand all that, mm-hmm. but show the sports. Couple rapid fire ones here. FRL listener, can we get Department of Agricultural back for Worlds? Yeah, absolutely, you can. Um, we're we're back. Oh, the Worlds bets. Yeah, Worlds bets. Worlds bets. Okay. Department of Agriculture. Like, if you don't know, I make farm bets. I bet farms on things. Um, I'm on the cabinet for the Department of Agriculture. So, yes, that will be back. Mm-hmm. My name is Jeff. Uh, I have a date in a few days, and I told her that I am 6'1". I am 5'4". Please help. Stilts. Willie, have you ever done this? Have you ever told someone you were 6'1"? No. 5'11". <laughs> no. Hey, so so Jeff, I I can, think I, of, I can think of a short-term like sitcom solution. Like, how would they solve this in like a sitcom? It would involve like you have to already be sitting down. You have to meet me there. Maybe like you work at an office where you sit in an office chair and she's meet you there. I don't know how you can do it. it Jeff, you you might be hosed. You may just need to move on. Stay seated. Have them shave six inches off of her chair, and you're in a higher booth. Mm. And it helps if you're long, if you're like long torsoed, right? Like Kabanaliev is like is Jeff long torsoed. torsoed, right? So if you're long torsoed, right, and you have them shave off six inches from her seat, and then you sit in the high, you know, the the booth area. Yeah, I think you're in the clear. You I can't think, get up though. I think you're in big trouble here, Jeff. <laughs> I don't I don't know what what kind of the long con here, or the even the short con. <laughs> really, it basically just gets you to face-to-face meeting where she realizes you're a liar. And so you immediately start with a lie that is pretty easily known. Mm-hmm. Um, My name is Jeff. Is a catfisher. He's catfishing. Yeah. It's, it's not going to work out, buddy. Um, better rivalry name for the Burroughs versus Chimizo. Burrizo or Churros? I think it's Burrizo. I hate these questions. I, we don't need names for all the rivals. Oh, it's just a joke. Well, I don't Have care. Have a little fun, I don't care. I don't, I don't care. I hate, I hate all of them. I hate all of the Snyder all right. Liev, all the. No, Snyder. I see Snyder Liev I like. Burrizo and Churro sounds like a Mexican food. I mean, it would, yeah, it would make more sense if it was a, a, a rivalry teams. between, you know, uh, a person from Southwest America and Mexico. Like, it's called Churros. Got it. Um... All right, I think that's it's probably good. I think we did this show. 
Um, Where's that turd Bradkey? Update on Bradkey? Bradkey, don't call him that, first of all. Second of all, I'm, he's the reason you're able to watch this live on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Mm -hmm. Okay? So one, thank you, Kyle Bracky, Stephen Kyle, you're missed. Two, he's in the greatest state in the Union, Virginia, because it's the epicenter for college football for the CAA. And he's at William & Mary right now, a fine institution. One of, the, one of the finest in the nation. One of the oldest as well. So he's there doing football stuff. He's going to be gone for... An untold amount of time, something like 10 days. How can there be this many teams? That's several this episodes. is longer than the final X road trip, but for <laughs> CAA football. So this better be good, Bracky, is all I have to say. Because you're missed on this show. You're missing around. There's spike ball ramifications as well. Um, so that's where he is, and hopefully he gets back soon safe and sound. And I know you're just jealous, Willie, because he's with Colby, and you think Colby's the coolest guy, and you just want to hang out with him all the time. No, I'm not really mad at Bracky. You're furious. All right, uh, uh, what? I just saw a tweet that get that just it gets us back to the RTC thing. Okay. Cody Caldwell, assistant coach of South Dakota State. They have a, a guy on the junior world part of the world team camp. On my way back to Brookings for a few days, we're leaving for Estonia. Cody Caldwell's jacked up about being a part of the USA wrestling process. Oh, come on, college coaches, you should be too. There we go. Owen, we're ready to go. If you would like to play the outro music, more hey, RTC. One Okay, yes. One last thing. I posted my favorite Twitter names. I mean, my favorite uh, fantasy wrestling team names this year. Tweet me back with some of your favorites. Joe Smith's Descent Plan was the best one. Oh, IML. man. Joe Smith's like Descent Plan. That was my favorite one. Is that yours? I, I posted like 20 of them. You came up with them, though? Yeah. Oh, wow. Sounds like some real creativity. Uh, okay. We're ready to go. Um... Thanks so much. More, hopefully, more RTC discussion to come. Maybe get some more coaches involved, talk to them. I've been talking to some coaches, talk to some more. Need to talk to on both sides, I think. Mm -hmm. I will post the um, the verbiage of the local sports club from the NCAA rulebook and tell you guys where to find it so you can be more informed. There you go. We'll be back next Thursday, which is this Thursday, which is two days from now. It'll just be this three, the same trifecta. Thank you for listening. 394 strong. Oh, boy. Just six more, people. Six more. It's going to be a bonanza. That's all I'm going to say. See you next time. Thanks, guys.